0: Section 79 of Uncollected Short Stories of Ella Montgomery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Skip, Washington, D.C. Uncollected Short Stories of Ella Montgomery by Lucy Maud Montgomery. Section 79. Josephine's Husband zilla gorham went swiftly up the narrow stairs and opened her bedroom door the room was dark with the gloom of a november twilight it was a long cold neat room with four windows three of which were shadowed by the trees of the orchard and the firs behind the house the fourth looked out westward over the pond and through a break in the willows around it to the fields and homesteads of lower wentworth josephine was sitting listlessly by it one hand hanging at her side the other propping her chin on the sill Above her head was a narrow shelf across the window, supporting some potted houseplants. The tendrils of a trailing fuchsia almost touched the smooth, glossy arch of her fawn-colored hair. Her faded wrapper was loose at the throat as if she had flung it open for air, and her black brows were knotted in a frown above the large, deep-tinted hazel eyes that were such a startling contrast to her colorless face. Zillah came forward slowly and sat down on the low, chintz-covered seat before Josephine. She was much older than her sister and had the same sleek, thin hair and pale face, but her eyes were a faded blue and her expression was at once weaker and more malicious. She had been talking to Amanda Reed over the line fence and had heard from her some news which she must tell Josephine, but she knew very well that it would never do to blurt it out too eagerly. Josephine looked dangerous. "'It looks like snow,' she began. Josephine made no answer, but Zilla had expected none. "'Who do you suppose was married last night?' she went on. "'I have no idea.' said josephine indifferently james wright and ada allen folks are more than surprised he courted her pretty sly there's another of your old bows gone josephine if you don't look out there'll soon be none of them left what's that to me said josephine scornfully not glancing at the speaker oh nothing much i suppose only this you won't get anybody to take you if you keep on acting this way much longer if you'd got a divorce long ago as you ought to have done you might have your pick even yet but you always were so set and stubborn Doubtless, Josephine was stubborn. Her mouth looked like it. It grew more set still as she responded dryly. "'It's a wonder you ain't tired talking to me about it. I've told you often enough that I don't mean to apply for any divorce. He can if he wants to.' "'Well, I guess he will before long,' said Zilla, seeing a chance to work in her news fittingly. "'I'm going to tell you just what Mandy Reed told me out there tonight. Gilbert Fleming told Lonzo Ferrer in the store at Upper Wentworth the other night that he wished to mercy he was free of you once and for all.' there josephine gorham if a man said that about me i'd see that he had his wish soon enough i don't believe it cried josephine moved for a moment out of her cold reserve gilbert never said that he did and i've heard other things he said he'll apply for a divorce if you won't and that'd tell against you ten times worse than if it was you that applied josephine did not answer but zilla was satisfied with the expression on her face she hastened to strike while the iron was hot now josephine listen to me I've always had your best interests at heart, and I've always stood by you. You're miserable, and I want to see you happy. Gilbert Fleming treated you scandalous, and everybody says so, and now they say he has a notion of Caddy Evans. Caddy Evans, she repeated in a whisper. Yes, and he drove her home from prayer meeting last Wednesday evening. I saw that with my own eyes, but I didn't dare tell you before, for you always get in such a rage when I mention his name. But I think things have gone just far enough— With Gilbert courting another girl and telling all over the country that he wishes he was rid of you, you're a fool, Josephine Gorham, if you put up with it. Josephine sprang to her feet. Zilla had never seen her so moved. I won't put up with it, she said passionately. You're right, Zilla. The court meets at Upper Wentworth next week, and I'll put in my application. He wishes he was free, does he? He shall be free. I hate him. She lifted her large hand and struck it violently against the window casing. Zilla felt frightened but triumphant. Don't take on so, Josephine, she said soothingly. He ain't worth getting worked up over. He never treated you right. You're young and good-looking yet, and there's other men. I don't want any other man, said Josephine sullenly, relapsing into her old reserve. I've had enough of married life. I'll get a divorce, but don't you go prodding me about marrying again. Well, well, not if you don't want to, said Zilla with another of her disagreeable laughs. Perhaps you'll change your mind. Of course you're always welcome to a home here as long as William and I have one to offer you. Anyhow, you'll be free and feel happier, and Gil Fleming can marry his precious caddy then. He had a notion of her, folks say, before he ever took up with you. Zillah Gorham knew no woman better how to gall and exasperate. So well did she succeed in the present instance that she grew alarmed at Josephine's face and hastened to change the subject. Well, I must go and get William's supper. Don't stay here in the dark and cold, Josephine you'll get melancholy there ain't any good in brooding goodness knows if there was you've done enough to make everything right josephine made no reply and zillah well satisfied with the results of the interview went down with her cat-like step she knew josephine would keep her word and jabez reed next door was a well to do bachelor who always wanted her she'll get over her crank about marrying again she said to her brother at the supper-table and she'll get on with jabez better than she did with gilbert she was a fool not to take him in the first place but she was crazy about gil fleming she's well cured of that now i guess jabez is easy-going and mandy is a good-natured old fool who won't try to boss her around as Lisbeth fleming did i was afraid she would never apply for a divorce she's so stubborn she'll get one easy enough if Gil don't fight it, I suppose she will, said William Gorham. But she might give him another chance. I believe he wants her back yet, if he could get her. Lisbeth's dead now, and maybe they'd get on better together if they made up. Well, there'll be no making up, said Zilla. Josephine hates him, and she'd never go back to him, if he went down on his bended knees to ask her, and that being the case, the sooner she's free, the better no human decree is ever going to make you anything else but my wife josephine do you think you've done right william gorham said nothing more he seldom ventured to differ openly from zillah in his heart he believed that josephine under all her pride and stubbornness and seeming hatred loved gilbert fleming still josephine meanwhile was pacing up and down the room like a caged creature a weaker woman might have wept her passions out in tears but josephine's wide-open hazel eyes were bright and dry although her heart was filled with a tumult of wounded pride and bitter hatred born of strong love she would sue for a divorce and he might have his freedom and make what use of it he would he might even marry katty evans she did not care anything that he might do was nothing to her Forever, when the court met at upper wentworth josephine applied for her divorce and much gossip was occasioned thereby josephine herself never spoke of the matter and allowed no one to speak of it to her even zillah for once was cowed into silence but one afternoon when the latter was away william ventured to mention it to josephine i saw gilbert down at the store today, josephine he looks terrible haggard and thin and hasn't a word to throw to a dog don't you think you were rather hasty suing for a divorce you shouldn't have let zillah argue you into it if you didn't want it i did want it said josephine her voice was sullen and proud but the hand that held her sewing trembled i did it of my own free will he's after caddy evans and i don't intend to stand in his way william rolled his tobacco thoughtfully in his hands zillah had always told him he was stupid and sure to make a mess of any affair he meddled with but he did not see how this matter could be any worse than it was so after a pause he went on i don't believe there's any truth in that gossip about him and caddy He drove her home from prayer meeting one night when it was pouring rain and she was walking alone, and another time he gave her a lift on the road, and it all started from that. I believe Gilbert loves you yet, Josephine. Josephine's mouth grew harder. It looks as if he did when he'd go and tell Lonzo Ferrer that he wished he was free of me. Well, I never heard the rights of that story. Maybe he never said such words, and if he did, you don't know how he might have been goaded. I dare say people have told him things too i don't care said josephine dully i don't want to change my mind and you'd best let matters be william you can't help them any now josephine said zillah one evening a few days later where sterling took the papers up to-day to serve on gilbert he's got them by this time you'll soon be a free woman josephine was washing the milking pails on the back-door platform the november evening was raw and chill and her hands and face were blue with cold but at zillah's words a tide of colour surged up in her cheeks She made no response however and zillah after waiting a moment went into the house slamming the door in her petulant disappointment when josephine had finished her work she went up to her room at the western window she sat down on the chintz seat and pressed her burning face against the pane so gilbert had the papers what would he think would he care would he be glad the proud angry woman folded her hands over her breast and looked back over her past she recalled the days when gilbert fleming had first come wooing her how proud and happy she had been how she had loved him yes and how he had loved her he had loved her then whatever he did now then had followed their marriage in those first few happy months gilbert like herself was intense and deep-natured high-spirited as the phrase went in wentworth and the strong will sometimes clashed but love had smoothed the way how good and kind he had been to her even in her tempers then his older brother at the homestead had died and the sister who had kept his house came to live with gilbert after that there was nothing but trouble lisbeth fleming was a domineering woman accustomed to having her own way she and josephine quarrelled incessantly both took their complaints to gilbert at first he had taken his wife's part but lisbeth had a craftiness that josephine lacked instead of exasperating gilbert with railing and reproach as josephine had done she posed as a patient ill-used martyr gradually gilbert was led to blame his wife for their domestic dissensions Then Josephine made another mistake. She fled for sympathy to her own kin. Zilla Gorham was one of those women whose capacities for brewing trouble are limitless. She championed her sister's cause less from affection for her or even from family pride than from pure love of mischief making an interference. She soon had made the already bad situation intolerable, and it had ended in Josephine leaving Gilbert's house and going home to William and Zilla. That was two years ago since then gilbert had lived his comfortless life alone for elizabeth had died soon after the separation josephine thought it all over relentlessly but somehow the memories of recriminations and quarrels seemed less vivid than those of kindness and gentleness of tender words and kisses of the long sweet hours of early bridal days deep down in her heart she loved gilbert still and yet she meant to discard him forever if i only thought he cared she muttered chokingly far out over the dim lifeless fields a light was gleaming from the kitchen window of gilbert's house she pictured him sitting there alone and uncared for the thought was suddenly more than she could bear she rose and went silently downstairs she took a shawl from the nail behind the front door wrapped it around her head and slipped stealthily out the sun had long since set, but the western sky was still an arc of cold primrose softly threaded with crimson. The hills came out clearly against it, but the long valley was brimmed with twilight and the pond lay in it like a great semi-lustrous jewel. Josephine skirted it swiftly and made her way over the fields, passing through lanes where beeches with their withered, sublime leaves met overhead, and along dim woods where frosted bracken clung to her dress and pungently sweet odours of dying fir floated out on the moist air. Sometimes a sudden gust of wind sent the dried leaves scurrying before her in weird dances as of wood elves. Sometimes voices came from afar on the still air, or the hoof beats of a horse mingled with young laughter rang down the shadowy country roads. But Josephine heard and heeded no sound save her own wildly beating heart and quickly drawn breath. Only when she reached the gate of her forsaken home did she pause and listen tremulously. In the farmhouse kitchen, Gilbert Fleming was sitting by the table with his arms outstretched upon it and his head bowed on them before him lay the papers that had been served that day the fire was out and the untidy room was but dimly lighted by a smoky ill-trim lamp the man himself looked shabby and hopeless there was a light footstep outside somebody fumbled uncertainly with the kitchen latch then as gilbert rose slowly to his feet the door opened and josephine came in for a moment husband and wife looked at each other then josephine's eyes fell to the scattered papers you've got them she said dully yes gilbert's tone was bitter The lawyer brought them today, I've been expecting them, but no human decree is ever going to make you anything but my wife, Josephine. Do you think you've done right?" She threw back the shawl from her pale face. I was driven to it, she said defiantly. There was nothing else left for me to do. Her voice broke like a child's. Gilbert strode forward and caught her in his arms. Josephine, if you're sorry you've done it, it ain't too late yet, he cried eagerly. Why did you say you wanted to be free of me? she demanded passionately straining back from his embrace i never said it lonzo ferrer said you did he lied then i'll tell you what i did say he'd been telling me things he'd heard you had said and one was that you wished you'd never set eyes on me and i was so riled and badgered i said i wished it too i was feeling bitter at you josephine when you never gave me word or look or answered my letter your letter yes the one i wrote you the spring after lisbeth died i never could get a chance to speak to you so I wrote and asked you if you wouldn't come back. I never got any letter of yours, Gilbert. You didn't? I left it at the post office for you. Oh, he added fiercely, I suppose Zillah took good care that you shouldn't get it. From first to last, that woman has made most of the trouble between us. She'll never make any more, cried Josephine. She snatched the papers from the table, tore them twice across and flung the fragments into the ashes of the littered hearth. Then she turned to Gilbert and held out her arms. End of section 79. Recording by Skip, Washington, D.C.